All right, and we are back to TTU Radio, and it's your girl, Just Jessica Ville, and it's me, Miss Lay Lux. Yes, yes, yes. And we've talked about on this Greater Value series. Number one, Greater Values, what are those things that you value the most? Because the things that we value, we protect them. We try to uh, grow in those things or we try to uh, have like some type of evolution, right? So like your house, you try to upgrade your house, you try to uh, upgrade your car, put a little accessories in your car, Um, things that you really value and take care of, you take care of them. I remember one time somebody talked about a man having a vehicle and how men take pride in their vehicles and they value them and they wash them every day to make sure that they clean. (laughs) Right. Right. And so the greater value series is trying to help you locate and pinpoint in your life. What do you actually value? And it's not to say, what do you value? Oh, that's wrong. That's right. We're not here to judge. Only God, the father can judge and Jesus Christ, our savior. But we're here to help you reflect on these things. And the reason being is because um, the humanity in the world um, has been jeopardized. Like, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. Things are really messed up in the world right now. This is a time of lament in the world, whether it's dealing with your your family, your livelihood, uh, your love life, uh, whatever, business, finances, whatever. This is a time of lament in the world. And when you have been broken down to a place where you do not have that confidence and security that you once had, what lies deeply inside of you? This is a real question. And the reason why I have brought this up, because the father, he wants, we know like, right, the the, the day of the Lord, we know that we're in our end times. The father wants the earth to heal, but he needs his children in the earth to heal as well in order, honestly, for the earth to heal, right? And so here we are. We've been dealing with love, lust, and perversion these past couple episodes. We have been doing part one, part two, and today is part three. And we really want to talk about this. Yes, I can't wait to get into this, get down into the nitty gritty of this episode. Right. So we're going to go ahead and throw it out there. What is love? Right. What is love? <laughs> so we're going to break this down because there's so much the Lord has placed on my heart to go into topic about this, to get people to understand and reflect this message here today for this podcast is for leaders in the church. It is for mothers and fathers It's for brothers and sisters, pretty much everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't you hit that click. Okay. Be right back. All right, so there's so much to talk about. One thing that the Lord brought to me was in love. And I know we've been focusing on lust and perversion, focusing on the real reason behind love, us seeking love. You know, we go through that as children evolving, adults learn. And some adults have to really learn what's the difference between love and lust. Um, we're not judging anybody, you know, but when it came to the Holy Spirit giving me revelation about love and understanding about love, he brought me to the book of Revelation. And he was showing me that the Holy Spirit said, listen, the lust only happens because of the lack of acceptance in the household and the lack of understanding. 
um, that there's a misunderstanding as well as judgment. Um, a lot of people, I mean, the parents wanting their kids to grow up to be a certain way to make sure they are fully equipped. So when the parents are no longer here, their kids are able to still live and to uh, operate on their own and to be successful. You know, the parents don't want their kids to have harm caused to them and stuff like that. Right. So it's a lot, you know, it's a lot about love with broken homes and then in the community um being judged being laughed at hiking on people and god was like where's the humanity god was showing me literally um you know when a person is not getting the acceptance at home they really don't they they, they by pain they're blinded they begin to have scales on their eyes because they really can't get to know their parents right it's like I think it stems from a lack of attention, honestly. That has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. A lack of attention, and then it seeps to a lack of understanding. And then when the parent is, you know, building structure in the household, the kid begins to feel like they're not accepted or their parents are judging them and yet trying to control them. Right, because as a child, in their head, like, you're just trying to survive as a child. Like, you know, it's just what you know. But as a parent, I feel like, you know you see your child from a whole different perspective a whole different mindset instead of just actually being the child it's it's different so i feel like as you know that that preteen and teenager age is where you know usually the the children and parent relationship usually shifts because um you get to know yourself and you know i think parents see their their child as their child but you know as as growing up and maturing and going through puberty you get to understand yourself as your own person and not just you know your mother's kid or your father's kid or you get what i'm saying or the baby of the family you actually get to find your identity and sometimes it's kind of hard for parents to accept that sometimes the you know the the kid accepts that before the parent does and it, it's it's like a a disconnect there god said listen i'm done you know, so many people are going through persecution and the, the Bible even tells us that literally in second Timothy, uh, chapter three, verse 12, the ESV version, it says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. And the thing is it's, it's persecuted, but it, it may sound harsh, but it's not, it's for edification because how many of us understand that we are drawn to sin, our flesh leads us most of the time. Then our conscious mind that literally from our hearts, we want to do the right thing, but because of pain, because of trauma, we are resisting you know our consciousness we're listening to the holy spirit and him prompting us to do the right thing we don't have it in us because we feel weak we're still looking for us to be made whole we're still looking for our salvation right and i feel like the world and all of the agendas of the government and just the world in general the control of the world is programmed for us not to to you know understand who we are to shy us away from God to shy us away from the Holy Spirit and you know just following his commandments I feel like the world has programmed us even from an infant from a child to you know not make that a priority in our life so it's like as generations you know they grow and kids are younger and you get to see like I'm in the middle where I'm an adolescent I get to see the elders and I also get to see the kids grow up mm -hmm. and still be in the middle and can relate to both parties it's like the the programming of the world really matters Right, it really it really matters. It has a lot to do with I, I feel like our personal relationships with God. Yeah, because when you don't get what you need at home, especially when you don't get the love, 
what you need at home and when you don't get the attention, the understanding, the vindication, the wholeness um, at home. Yes, a lot of people say, oh, it's because I only got a mom. My dad don't care about me. Or it's because I only got a dad. My mom ain't doing what she's supposed to do. But then that's when the seed comes from the enemy that makes you want to find love outside of your own household, outside of your family dynamic. And so that's when the lust becomes grand inside of us and we begin to be led by lust. And even for leaders, um, leaders in the church, because we're not exempt. Leaders in the church don't get respected as pastors. They don't get respected as leaders of religion. And we know religion is different from being religious. Religion means that you are seeking to be obedient to God's will in your life and in, in, on the earth. To be religious means that you only live by laws and legislation, but you lack compassion in the heart. And you know, honestly, I think that I struggle with that, with having religious leaders or elders in my family. Because I grew up Baptist. I always was in the church. You know, we used to go to church every Sunday until I got to the age where I could like choose if I wanted to go or not. But when it came to me understanding God myself when I was around like 13, 14, it was things I questioned, just like, you know, who he was and, and things that things that was programmed. <laughs> things that like that was programmed in like um from the from society of Christianity. I questioned those things because the elders, they were more religious, you know, than anything. It wasn't um like they, they followed the laws, they you know, they did the they did their their duties, but it wasn't like they didn't have a personal relationship with God. They didn't really allow allow just they didn't really introduce him to me um so when it got to the point of having to find god myself i had to do it without my family without with all strangers it was all new for me it was all new and even to the elders now like i struggle because like i see some people like they prosecute their gift excuse me they prostitute their gifts mm -hmm. or their anointings or even just like they they suffer from religious spirits you know they you know we all sin but like as elders and teachers um, it caused a lot of church hurt when the leaders, you know, they they aren't righteous or they aren't whole. So as being young, you know, just 21, I still I see like the best of, the best of both worlds, and I also feel like that lust has a lot to do with um per per excuse me perversion. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of lust stems from that, or even just being you know traumatized or troubled as a teen. I feel like all of it comes from you know being introduced to perversion or you know, just opening that door at a young age or at a time where you're just not ready, fully equipped yet. There has been a lot of people lives that I have crossed path with that God blessed me to cross their path to be able to understand what his children and what Israel goes through. And literally was the reason why, thank you, Holy Spirit, why God renamed Jacob Israel, because Jacob knew that he could not do it. He could not be an honorable man. He couldn't lead with the spirit of God inside of him consciously because his flesh kept leading him. His flesh kept driving him with the decisions he made. And so God knew that when he renamed him Israel, he opened the door for change in Jacob's life. He shifted Jacob's perspective at the way that he saw life to make him able to make him able. And what does that mean? When you look at a person from the trials and tribulations that they went through and you keep them located in that space, in the perspective you view them at, then you lack the possibility for them to actually 
transform. Because if my mind is over a thing, right? But you keep labeling me in that thing, then it tells me consciously in my mind that I'm always going to be viewed as that thing. So why even try to become something greater? And we know that that's not what love is. When you are guiding someone and you have to have patience for them, when you are guiding someone spiritually, you have to have patience for them because God had patience for us. God said, forgive. God says, have patience. What is love, daughter? Well, let me go. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Exactly. But when you understand the principle about the way God chooses to love us, God said, forgive as I forgiven you, or I might forgive you, you know, because then you make possibility for situations, things, and people to heal. And we talked about so much when it came to love and lust on the last episode. And we're going to get into that, but it's not getting into love and lust. It's getting into the person that is being driven by that entity of lust. The, the actual real person, their heart that's being driven by the perversion, they matter and they actually need healing. And so listen, there's so much to talk about and we're going there. We're going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Yes, I am. I ain't going to. No, we're going to okay. do it today. So y'all stay right there because we're really finna get deep and down into the get down <laughs> with this topic. We'll be right back. Okay, so because of trauma, um, I have had friends and I've witnessed um, multiple people that got just associates, not not even always friends, but some friends, some associates, um, that they've been through so much trauma in their lives that some people suffer from lust, some people suffer from perversion, right, because of the lack of acceptance, because of judgment, and so it became an idol, for them to go out and to uh, dictate their own destiny. And when you dictate your own destiny and you try to say, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. This is better for me. We tell ourselves that it is most healthy, but at the same token, it could be out of the will of God because it becomes an idol. And if it's not the will of God, right? Even with myself, with homosexuality, I had to go through so much um, with trying to be delivered from homosexuality because I didn't understand what was the reason why I was in it in the first place. And it and it does not mean that, um, you know, something's wrong with my mama or something's wrong with my daddy. That's not what I'm speaking of, even though that does happen, things that happen relationships between your parents could trigger you the way you respond to the community and society could trigger you because people are raised differently and so then you bring on this idea and you give birth to this baby um, and it becomes an idol because it is totally the opposite of what God had decreed over his children and so we continue to live away 
You know, I tried to run from homosexuality when I first gave my yes to the Lord. But God had to take me back and say, no, you need to figure out what's the root of the cause. You cannot run. You have to figure out what's the root of the cause because what's going to happen is when I get you down the line and your destiny for the will I have for you, this thing can sneak back up on you. This thing could creep back in you and... You don't even understand why it got in you in the first place. So then you become again in agreement with that thing, telling yourself this is what's best for me when it makes you open to spiritual attack. Because when I created the heavens and the earth and separated it from the universe, that there is literally laws that I put in place that I cannot take back, says the father. And so I had to send the son so that healing can take place for my children along the way. And so God um, was telling me about, again, back to the book of Revelation. We know that there are secrets about the prophecy in the book of Revelation that a lot of people did not understand. We understand that John the Baptist wrote the book of Revelation, but John the Baptist was a man of great faith. And so he was able to see the secrets of God and see the principles of God and to understand the whys, the who's and the how's to give us and write the book of Revelation for us. But we understand that, you know, even like I said, leaders in the church, they get they get veered away from humility, from being humble. And they begin to become people pleasers because of trauma, because the way people reject them, the way people react to them, just trying to fight for them. And so they get veered away off of the path that in which God had ordained and decreed for their life. And so God took me instantly to... Uh, we're in the book of revelations. He took me to the blood of the lamb. He took me to the blood of the lamb. He talked about how the children in chapter seven, the lamb's army is who the 144,000 is. And the reason being is because the 12 tribes all have different jobs to do in the earth that plays a position in the healing which God talks about in the book of uh levitations okay and so in the book of levitations it tells you about God having a family that will be able to help bring all of those who we label as rebels we label as sinners into his presence without dying because at once upon a time um, when you sinned, you broke all sins. So when you entered into God's presence, you instantly was put to death. You would instantly die because God is pure. And so God has raised up a family, which represents the 144,000, um, that is going to be able to have grace and compassion and love like Jesus, which is why we are the army of the lamb, as it talks about in the book of Revelation chapter 7. And when you have compassion and you have patience, then you will be able to see through the process of the, the sheep. When when God when God said, if you love me, we'll tend to my sheep. You know, there are a few that are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. But you have to go through a lot of battles. You have to go through a lot of battles in order for you to be able to impart into someone's life. And so even doing that, sometimes those who do the, the impartations into people, like the ones who are trying to help the people, they go through wars for simply helping the people. I always tell people, when I pray for you, I just jumped in the fight, not and snuck your demon. 
And so I need you to fight with me so that we can have victory. Because if I'm just tussling with your demons and I'm tussling with the ones that came for me and then the other people that I pray for, I'm going to I'm gonna be looking like I'm losing. But don't you want, don't you worry because God said a righteous man <laughs> shall fall seven times and get back up. Right. Okay. So we really have to understand who God is in his heart when we're really considering what is love. Right. So, so, as I was reading Romans 13, um, 8, it says, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So, when I ask myself, like, what is love? Okay, love, to me, is an emotion. Um, it's a um, it's a feeling. Um, God is love. God is light. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so many different examples of love. Um, but we look at the text, at the word, you know, God explains it in depth. In, in, in different different forms, mm-hmm. a lot of different forms, and even to just, even if we didn't know what love was, to just you know be reminded of how he loves us, mm-hmm. and how it's sacrifice. Love is sacrifice, and that's one thing that Jesus, our Savior, he teaches us that love is sacrifice. You know, and um, so I think that perversion and attention and lust it really stems us from like real, true, genuine love. Mm-hmm. Um, so even right now, I struggle with that because I had a, my dad. He was he was a great man, and um, he who was he was a full time. He was my dad. He had grace for me. He had love just for me. Um, he was genuine, just you know, just for me. Like I had my own. My I had my dad. So him, like you know, not being on earth anymore, passing away, it's hard because I had got so used into like my body had got so immune to genuine love that I almost forgot that the world is cruel. I almost forgot that. So it's like, you know, when I just be myself and, you know, just um, open and loving, it's hard to kind of be myself because it's not a lot of genuine love left. Like, you know, um, a lot of people, um, their hearts are, they aren't healed. So, you know, as far as just being genuine or, or you know, real, it's, it's, it's like really scarce. It's really scarce. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to, to understand love through the good and the bad, through fake love, through being able to experience real love and um it's just everything is all a learning experience and i just thank thank god you know in jesus for being our savior because without him what would we be this is so true you know god was telling me that when i first discovered who god had raised me to be he told me that my um he told me basically that my horn right in the book of Re- revelation my horn the sound where i would be able to speak about what he taught me in my journey and my testimony and his glory. He said it would be a time during lament. And we understand it tells us in the book of Revelation in chapters 12 through 14 that there will be a cosmic battle. You know, we talked about, oh, I ain't got it today. You know, people using that term, using that saying when they don't have enough compassion or humility to care. Right. And so we understand that in a cosmic battle that you're going to be warring with your own self consciously. You're going to fight your demons because like Steve Urkel show, he had the angel on one side, he had the demon on the other side, and he had to choose consciously who he was going to follow. And so especially, you know, that is a big thing. I truly can see, can tell 
And my heart goes out to those who are losing in this cosmic battle, those who are empty inside, who are giving up because of what they done lost, because of the trauma that they haven't dealt with, they have not healed. But God is saying, I am your only true healing. I am cutting off the hand of the enemy in your life. I'm cutting off the hand of the enemy in your bloodline. I'm cutting off the hand of the enemy on the earth. And that is what the day of the Lord is about. It is the end times to the devil's reign on earth. And so we will understand for those who does read the Bible that it speaks about in chapter 18 in the book of Revelation about the blood of the martyrs, about how the woman on the dragon will be drinking the cup of the blood in one version of the Bible, it says the cup of the blood of the innocents. In another version of the Bible, it says that she would be drinking the blood of the prophets, of the martyrs, and of all of those who are basically innocent at heart, who wants to be obedient to God's will, but is secretly or out loud suffering. This woman on a dragon, she is a replica of the war about the earthly battle, which they talks about with having the mark of the beast. So I ask you in all honesty, have you been marked with the mark of the beast in a time when humanity says, I don't have it. I'm warring against my own stuff. I got my own problems. I don't have it. Did Jesus say that to us when he was on a cross? Does he say that to us when we still sin every day, every day? This is true. So listen, you already know who it is. Okay, don't hit that click because it's just getting juicy. We'll be right back. Okay, so we got a little gems for you before we go. We were talking about the mark of the beast. And one thing that God showed me, okay, and this lies in the earthly battle, the book of Revelations, and it's talking about in chapter 13. It talks about the mark of the beast will be on your hand and it will be in your mind, on your forehead. We know the forehead represents your consciousness, right? We know that on your hand, it represents your actions, right? Listen, the way that God explained it to me, and there's a way that he explained it to my goddaughter, but with military power, we understand that the military spirit, whether it's physical or spiritual, I my job is to cover the spiritual aspect. Her job is to cover the physical aspect because she actually visited the military. For me, spiritually, the military part is control. Right. And we spoke about that. The, the, the mom and, it is, and I'm bringing it back because this is how we have to really dissect culture to understand how it's separated from the will of God. The difference between the kingdom mindset and the culture mindset. Um, culture mindset says, chat, my son or my daughter, why aren't you doing this? My son or my daughter, you need to be doing that. It's control. It's having structure, right? But we know God created legislation. He created the legislation for structure and for order on the earth. But he did not allow for us when we fell short of that glory. He did not allow for us to die spiritually because he got sick and tired of it. He sent Jesus so we would have a savior. And so the whole thing about it is... Um, the economic, the war is about money. I've seen so many people discredit the gifted 
those who are anointed because they lack money. They lack um, structure. They lack, um, like if people don't know how to save money or if people don't know how to pay bills correctly or if people doesn't have a certain class of education, right? An economic machine, economically, it is based off of our livelihood. It doesn't only pertain to money. And so understanding God talking about that in chapter 13, and he's ending the book of Revelation in chapter 17 and also chapter 21 and 22, where chapter 17 talks about the fall of Babylon, where he does talk about the woman on the dragon drinking the, the blood of the innocent. We understand that the woman is a replica of nurtures because we know women nurture. But what happens when she drinks the blood? Blood is sacrificed right? We need blood in our body to be able to live, to be able to operate. And so with her drinking the blood, she caused a spiritual death. How does she do that? Through humiliation, through arrogance, through her words, through her lack of nurture, through her lack of caring, through her lack of assistance, through her lack, and to also not only lack, but also to cause and inflict um, persecution persecution, um, emotional despair, devastation. These things are the things that kill the spirit. It doesn't have to mean a physical death. When God speaks about death, spiritual death is when you are empty inside and you have no more humanity inside of you. You have no more humanity or humility. That is when you go through a spiritual death. You feel misunderstood. You don't feel honored. You don't feel appreciated. You don't feel accepted. So the woman drinking the blood of the martyr was displayed from the way the Holy Spirit showed it to me through rejection. So a lot of people were being rejected because, again, they're already in a state of lament, when you are suffering, when right. things are, when your whole perspective of life is shifted in lament. So when, why is that? Because God is calling us to obedience, but God give us assistance through the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the lamb, sin and help, which are people like us to help us in understanding, um, people that the way the church is supposed to be. God said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkles. You know, God tells people to take the plank out of your own eye and et cetera. And so are you the type to judge or are you the type to assist? Are you the type to have compassion and grace as Jesus did? Every spirit that the people fought, Jesus found compassion. This is why he said, Father, please forgive them for they know not what they do. They do not understand what is leading them as to why they are killing me today. But if it wasn't for that death that Jesus went through, he would not have been able to surrender his spirit into the universe to fulfill the laws for us to be able to be redeemed, to come back into God's holy presence after we sin. Now we understand there is a physical aspect, right? Because before something is birthed in the earthly realm, it has to be birthed in the spiritual realm. So I just spoke about spiritual part, but there is a second part about earthly realm in the book of revelation and the mark of the beast that, the government has ran an agenda on us and my daughter has experienced so much revolving that. Right. So I used to ask myself, and I still do like, what is the mark of the beast? So when I was talking to her about this, I realized that the mark of the beast could stand for a lot of different things as far as programming mentally, as far as vaccines or medicines or just things from the government, our government that we can't um, overthrow. 
or that's a requirement. Um, so being a part of the military, I went through basic training and I, um, the Holy Spirit was really speaking. Um, I was my Bible more than I was outside doing exercises. <laughs> I'm just telling you that. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot. Um, so even though, even just going against God, you know, regardless if it was Christians in the army, but um, I learned a lot. And I felt like I had sold, sold my soul. I felt like I sold my soul to the enemy by signing myself over to the government because I was property of them. I didn't own my body anymore. I didn't own my own mind anymore. Um, they was reprogramming us. They was like reprogramming our bodies, everything. I didn't feel like myself. Um, so it went through, I went through a, like a hiatus of asking myself and asking, you know, just asking God, questioning like, what is the market of beast? How would I know? Like, have I already got the mark? You get what I'm saying? So um, that was, going through military was when I was able to really understand the Holy Spirit because they brainwashed, I mean, I can't, I don't want to speak from a, from just my perspective, but um, basic training, it's a, it, it reprograms your mind and your body physically. But going through that, um, even outside of religion, it goes against, you know, our, our savior. It's even to like, you know, as far as the Ten Commandments, like it's simple as it is. So um, I know that one one thing that God pointed out to me as Mark of the Beast is the um, the medicines and the vaccines and all the medical tests that they run on us as as like citizens of the United States. They program us because they want us to depend on them. Um, a lot of people speak about um, government um, agenda, you know, with uh, government assistance, um, even the census, how they want to uh, keep track of us. Um, even Bill Gates talked about depopulation, how we are having so many children. There's so much and so forth that they want to control us. This is the whole thing about military power. Military power, the militant spirit itself, is about control. It's about you're going to fit my agenda. You're going to fit yourself into my itinerary. You're going to fit yourself into the way I see life, the way I grew up, the way that I want things to be in my life. This is a controlling spirit. And it is what we of a spiritual people understand about the militant spirit. And a lot of relationships, you're mine. You're mine. That's mine. You know what I'm saying? You my husband. You my wife. You my boo. You know that you my you know in the right, in the streets, you my be or whatever. Right. Narcissistic and, and narcissism and entitlement. I feel like that is what that is. But where right. do we learn that from? Control. It's control. Where do we learn that from? The government. Because they make us feel like we can't count on them because we know that they're running agendas on us. How many parents have been being prepared for Armageddon? I mean, um, stacking the house with and cans honestly, and non-perishable. <laughs> honestly, it's not the a lot of the black ones. Like you know, other verses is is, is they on on top when it comes to that because um, we've been a like a we've just been so pro, pro programmed by the government for a while. Just being just black, just families. Even to like you know government assistance and and welfare and things like that, um, I know like with government assistance, if a man is in the household, you're liable, liable to not get benefits or get extremely less because the man is in that household. But if you don't have a man or a father figure in your household, you're you know they they give you so much more benefits. Um, you're you're um, able to you know receive so much more help. But if you think about it, it's all an agenda because how can a home fully healthily operate without you know two parties? 
Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, it does work. We've been seeing it happen for generations. Our mothers and our grandmothers, they're superwomen. You but know? you got to work three times as hard. Right. And it's that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't made to be like that. It wasn't made to be that hard. we just been thugging it out for so long. You miss seeing your kids grow up in order to work. I mean, it's no different from Pharaoh when they were in Egypt and they had to work for their earnings and they could, they didn't have no rights to question their earnings. Right. If they did, it was off with their heads. And so, you know, we understand that in the book of revelation, the, the, the day of the Lord is about having God restoring and healing humanity back on earth. You know, he said, if you have a problem with your brother and sister, you go and address it. You know, he say, forgive like I forgave right. you. This right. presents opportunity for things to heal. And, you know, in, in culture, we say, what is love? We say love is sacrificing yourself for the other person. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. I sacrificed myself for people that I love because I know these people have good hearts, you know, whether it's a dollar, whether it's my time, whether it's my, my reputation, they, they, they curse Jesus for coming with this new revolution and they don't, they didn't want to be obedient. They cursed Jesus for hanging with the sinners, you know, but those are the ones that God had to send Jesus for. God said, I love, I said, my only begotten son, and die and resurrect for the world because he loved the world. And yes, the world goes against God's will. But that's why I say when it comes to control, what means more to you? Is it your humility? Is it your compassion that means more? Is it the fact that you want these people to process through what it is that you're trying to get them to learn? Or do we turn our backs and curse them and judge them and rebuke them and reject them? What is love? Well, my grandma always told me God is love. God is light. But no, to even get into that, like God, love is so many things. But it's like to understand, like not just our perspective of love, but, you know, the the word it, it explains to us what love is. Jesus exemplifies what love is through his sacrifice. Um, everything. So and I was reading earlier through Matthews and it was talking about, you know, just you know, loving and honoring your brothers and, you know, um, your anger and controlling your emotions. And it really stuck out to me because, you know, being an example and understanding my anointing and being chosen, I go through a lot of hurt and a lot of different things that I have to just go through to understand, to have a testimony for it, so to be able to, to minister and help other people who go through it. And sometimes I'm not always, you know, in the wrong. Sometimes it's not always my fault. Sometimes it's not stuff that I get myself into. But I still have to be the example. So in that, it's really, that's really hard to, um, sometimes it's really difficult to try to cope with, to try to heal with, um, you know. But then it's like you, as you really under, start to understand God's heart and how he was able to chill with the Christians and the, and the, the thieves and the prostitutes. How he was able to kick it with them and still know that they were going to betray him. Yeah. So it's like we being the example. It's it's being young. It's um and having to you know being a being a young woman and having to control my emotions and just getting through that and also having to just be chosen and I have a, I have to I have to live a certain way you know things like that think a certain way I have to really be adamant about you know what am I doing and how I'm living um it's it's a it's a test every day because it's a conscious decision yes and this it's a free will decision. It is, but it's a conscious decision. This is why God talked about it on the earthly battle with the mark of the beast. He said the 666 will be written on the 
forehead, which in your forehead, there is a consciousness. This is why a lot of people are losing their minds. They are going through mental health problems. Even for those who are in a relationship with God, when we think about sin or when we're allowing our flesh to lead us, we battle mentally too. And that takes from our humility to be able to have patience for another person. But I challenge you to challenge yourself because this is the true, they say, you know, it doesn't show how, how strong you are when there's nothing going on. It shows how strong you really are and who really is your savior when you are going through things that causes you to be weak. Right. And I feel like, you know, I would want to ask everybody, what is the market piece to you? Because I felt like when the Holy Spirit really showed up for me when I was able to, you know, when I when I was able to understand who he was, was when I felt like I signed my soul over to the government, when I felt like I had signed myself over to the enemy. Um, as, as far as um, reprogramming my mind to go against my brothers and sisters, you know, to harm them, to, you know, to really, you know, unalive one another, to be trained to do that, you know, paperwork trained. And also, you know, it was saying as far as after I signed contracts with the government, um, if I didn't report to work or if I refused any medicines or anything like that, um, it was considered AWOL. It was considered illegal. Um, so I didn't have control over myself. And um, I felt like I didn't have control over my mind. So I was in my Bible so much. And the Holy Spirit, was that was the first time I was able to really hear him clearly when I was going through my hardest times. And if you ever been through the military, you know that like the first three months or, or basic, that's just the beginning. And that's something that like, you know, it has to be a legit reason for you to get out. Once you're property of the government, you're property of the government. Um, so I really, God got me through that. I was able to um, go through that situation. It was traumatic for me. But I'm a walking testimony today. I've been healing. I don't use that as um, any sympathy that I, you know, to pick up any sympathy. I don't use that as a label to to try to to try to say that's why I am how I am. I consider to work on myself. I continue to work on myself and my character flaws and identify what I'm dealing with and my triggers to, of sin and things like that. But the military woke me up to the mark of the beast and just revelation a lot. The Holy Spirit spoke a lot about revelation even before I was able to read the book of Revelation. Um, the Holy Spirit showed me so much. So, you know, going through my hardest times was that was when you know, God did show up the most. That was when I was strengthened, you know, with my relationship with him the most. And like, you know, I can never be more thankful. Sometimes I think about how hard it was, but how strong me and God's relationship got at the same time. So it was like a the best of both worlds, I can say. Yeah, so God wants me to talk about this as we come to a close. The Lord Jesus wants you to know that there's a choice that we all have to make when it comes to love. You know, and for one, in all that you do, you need to gain an understanding of who God is, his character, his will, where you fall at, where you need to pick up at, what you need to improve in. This is why this is on a greater value series. The book of Revelation, it literally tells you a, his, a historic pattern of what actually went on when, you know, Ezekiel talked about warnings and he was warning everybody, Daniel was talking about it, you know, and so forth. There's so much that God covered in the book of Revelation, but there's two things that's going to occur for the day of the Lord. Number one, the final battle is when Armageddon does come, which they talk about in chapter 19 and 20. But we have to understand that all human kingdoms become Babylon and they must be resisted. What does that mean? Do you allow yourself to live by your own rules? Do you allow yourself to live by your own principles where flesh would lead you because of the pain 
That's why Jesus always had compassion on every sinner and he healed them because it was always pain that kept them bound, things that they didn't heal from. And so all of the humanly kingdoms will fall. They're going to fall. The fall of Babylon is talked about in chapter 17, which if you're going through mental health problems, it is a sign of you having to make a decision to meet. People might curse you, say you're crazy and all of that. I don't think you're crazy. I think that you are a spiritual being, which is good. And I think that spiritually God is causing for you to make a decision. He's pointing out the errors, the ways that we have of error. Because even every person that has mental health issues, they have some good days, but then they have some bad days. You know, so it's one or two choices you have to make. You have to choose your kingdom or the heavenly kingdom. That's why God has released so many people to speak on his behalf and to be his mouthpiece. He, he has awakened so many of us. The Lord wants to remove evil when he returns. Some people are afraid of his return. It's all about who do you want to surrender to? Are you going to allow the Lord to cleanse you, wash you, and heal you so that you can be the great version of yourself that God said you were not with pain and you know you coping and 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 having to find ways to get through things that you created yourself to be because I mean literally I mean we all did that even myself I am not exempt there are some things I still have to work on but you know we all do so you know like you said we're nobody's exempt nobody so at the end of the day we're just asking you So please, 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 please reflect and make your decision. What do you value the most? Because we have to restore humanity on earth. So what do you value the most? Chapter 21 through 22 talks about the bride of the lamb. Jesus said he's coming back for his bride. So who do you identify yourself as? Are you a nurturer of the vision that God gave you in the book, in the Holy Bible? Are you a nurturer? Are you trying to tend to the sheep? Are you trying to help God heal the land from whatever he has ordained and and mundane mundane for you to do? Or are you saying, listen, I done taken too much. I done too much done happen. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do what I got to do. Drink my water and mind my business. What have you chose? Because that is what's most important to God. So listen, we thank you guys for tuning in to TTU Radio True Testimony Unveiled. And it's your favorite girl, just Jessica Ville and... Yes, and Miss Laylux. You will hear me again. And we will be back to you as soon as the Lord bless us. Next Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Give us a shout out. And like my daughter said, she said, listen, what is the mark of the beast to you? Leave a comment. Leave us a voicemail. Shout us out. Inbox us. And we will address it. We will study with you. And we may even bring you on as a guest. Listen. You never know what God might do. (laughs) So until next time. Until next time, America.